0: What can Vet Med learn from the Olympics? With the recent stories breaking of high profile athletes talking about their own mental health challenges, we wanna talk to you about how we can learn from the Olympics in vet medicine this week on the Veterinary Viewfinder. Welcome back to the Veterinary Viewfinder, the podcast that tackles the toughest topics in veterinary medicine. And folks, this week we are winding down the Olympic games in Tokyo. And maybe the biggest star of the entire event has been the discussion around mental health. And we've seen several high profile athletes come out and say they are struggling and what they are doing to try to cope and at the same time we've seen some other olympic athletes not acting so professionally this week we are going to talk about that and the lessons that we can learn and how we can perhaps be better stewards of good mental health in our profession but before we get into that very important conversation as always i am one of your co-hosts dr ernie ward
1: and i'm registered veterinary technician becky mosser
0: And, Becky, holy cannoli, it's the Olympics. You know, I love the Olympic Games, but this one's been a little different.
1: (laughs) I mean, as par with this entire, you know, 2020-21 year, like the Olympics did not disappoint in saying uh, we lost our spotlight in 2020. We put our plans aside. So we are here for 2021 in a big way. And I have to say... There's a lot going on this year off of the Olympic rings.
0: Yeah, and you know, Becky, I am a fan of sport. I love all Olympic events. I mean, I I really, this is something that since I was a little kid, I've looked forward to. And just like every year this year, I've looked forward to it. Obviously, it's been very different due to the pandemic and no people in the stands. And, you know, it's kind of, it's weird, right? But I think what's different is the fact that Athletes are more open about talking about their vulnerabilities this year than ever before.
1: I mean, 100%. And at least it's making more noise. You know, I think we we are at the mercy of what gets through. And what we know is more and more social media has created platforms for direct interaction without the filters and without the censoring of coaches and managers and the Olympics themselves. And so the ability for these athletes to come out and be themselves and to act as people has been, I think, incredibly inspiring.
0: Yeah, it really has been. And I think that, you know, viewfinders, most of my adult life, we always kind of put... Put these Olympic elite athletes up on a pedestal, right? I mean, they could do anything and they seem to have no weaknesses, right? I mean, and if they did have a weakness, they just Tom Brady'd up and <laughs> threw a touchdown pass on top of a broken leg or whatever. But, you know, I think what what I like about this conversation today, Becky, is the fact that people are getting real about mental health and and these athletes struggle, you know? And I think we we saw a little bit of a hint of this uh, in the lead up to the Olympics because we had some amazing swimmers like Michael Phelps, openly begin to discuss his struggles with depression. We saw uh, Naomi Osaka, who said, look, you know, after the pressure of of the French Open says, look, I can't deal with all this press. You know, you guys are are hounding me. You know, I really just want to put my words on the court. And so she signaled that, hey, this is a discussion that we're going to have. And then, of course, with the latest with Simone uh, Biles, who had to to stop, uh, you know, I guess competing partway through the Olympics because she was having what's called the twisties. And and Becky, maybe just for the viewfinders that aren't familiar with the twisties, I know that you have a coaching background in gymnastics. Maybe explain a little bit about what that really means.
1: Well, yeah. So for Simone Biles, she definitely mentioned a lot of the mental health struggles that she's having, but additionally kind of talked some about a physical condition she's been struggling with called the twisties, which is basically You know, I can only describe it best as as maybe, like, vertigo in the air. Um, If you've ever been dumped into water unexpectedly, this is, like, a great way to where you can't really figure out where is up or down, and with with gymnastics, kind of like with anything else I think we can relate in veterinary medicine, you have muscle memory that sort of takes over, right? Like you know right. where you are. You can put your hand inside a, an abdomen and not have to visualize where you are to know where you are. Right. And that's essential for um, athletes, especially those that are upside down, twisting in the air within an amount of seconds to know where they are so their feet hit the ground. She currently doesn't know where her feet are or where she is in space, so most importantly doesn't know where she's going to land. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, is that there have been instances on record where we have seen gymnasts compete with the twisties who have actually come out paralyzed. And so her bravery to stand up and say, I'm not just going to push through on this and I'm going to put my safety first is, is incredible. But I think even more so it's incredible that it's incredible. Like I think when we really step back and look at how big of a deal that is, we might want to look inside ourselves as a society and say, why is this such a big deal?
0: Right. And I think if you find us for me, what was surprising, shocking, disappointing was the fact that there was this cultural divide almost over how we perceived Simone Biles from backing off of or, you know, stepping away from competition during the Olympics. And and you got one camp, of course, that said, suck it up. You know, stress is what athletes do. If you don't want to be here, go home. Right. And then you had the other half that we're going, well, hey, guys, listen, respect this. I mean, this is an athlete at the top of her game. Yeah. I'm sure it must be incredibly painful for her to step away right now when she has prepared her entire life, literally, for this event or these events. And, and you know, so give her some respect. And, and you know, Becky, I think that was the part that I said, okay, I relate to vet medicine because we still have this divide culturally within our profession, but, me, but between the suck it up buttercup crowd and the, hey, let's try to fix this. What's going on? How can I help?
1: Yeah. Well, a hundred percent. And that's, I think what we really can take away from this and look at is, um, and maybe learn from those around us as they react and respond to these types of situations. Um, is that, that I think we have had an opportunity to see the suck it up mentality, not work. You know, we, we see, and I can remember years ago saying like, yeah, I mean, working 15-hour days is not a badge of honor, and we need to really stop that mentality. Um, and I have I have seen that as an issue in veterinary medicine for a long time, partially because I have worked in different, more rural, and um, mixed practices. I see this as a lot of like, hey, there's nobody else to do it, so I have to suck it up. It's essential. What we know now is that we've shifted from you are the only one to now you're not the only one, but we haven't seen the mentality of, Almost borderline martyrism in our profession uh, being celebrated,
0: right? And, and th- this is the part that that breaks my heart. I just recently, you know, Becky, I, I do, uh, you know, scroll around on Instagram. That is my platform of, of preference. But uh, you know, one of our, you know, uh, a person who's uh, very you know well respected in the profession posted a meme out there saying, you know, hey, I haven't had anything to drink or eat, and I've got a headache. I wonder why. And it does celebrate it, you know? And so I think we've got to be careful with sort of what we're posting, what we're consuming. You know, is it a badge of honor? You know, one of the things I think that was super disappointing about this Olympic response uh, was the number one men's tennis player, you know, Novak Djokovic, mm-hmm. came out, uh, made a statement about Simone Biles, basically said something to the, to the, extent of, hey, you know, this is pressure is part of it. If you can't compete like this, you know, you don't need to be out here or whatever. Meanwhile, the like what a day or two later, the guy completely implodes on the court, breaks three rackets and then quits on his mixed doubles partner, which they were assured they were going to, play for the, the bronze medal or something. Becky. I mean, it's like, wait, how tough a guy? I mean, it's like, are you serious? Is the suck it up buttercup mentality really working for you? Because it sounds like maybe not so much.
1: Well, it certainly isn't. And my question is, is do you at any point then reflect and say, wow, sucking it up really didn't work? Or is this the same culture that begins to just blame and point fingers and decide it has everything to do with everything but themselves because I don't see a lot of personal responsibility coming out from these same types of individuals. So... I think it again it is the, the thing where social media is going to <laughs> social media is going to save the day with these Gen Xers and this TikTok culture or whatever <laughs> of people who are like calling people like this out and the the numbers and the noise are louder with these people saying you look ridiculous, you are ridiculous and you go ahead and do you but I'm going to take some space for me and not feel bad about it and you know I We know that boundaries are the hardest for people who want to take advantage of them. And so I think when we see people who aren't willing to set their own boundaries and certainly don't want to respect other people's boundaries, when they observe other people doing for themselves in a healthy way, they lash out. Um, but we, what we saw in a very concentrated fashion with these Olympics is what happens in the long term. For this tennis player guy, it was two days later. Normally, we're not going to see it that soon. Right. But I think the outcome we saw here is ultimately the outcome for this entire generation to suck it up.
0: Yeah, it's kind of karma, right? Yeah. Here. And you're just like, hey, okay, so let's now try to put it back into the place of our profession. And so, you know, I think that to me, the obvious parallels are okay. The the staff members that are overworked, overwhelmed right now during this recovery from the pandemic, or whatever we want to call this period. Uh, again, we're just you know flooded with uh, with appointments and and cries for help and so we now can look at that as everybody you know hey we're gonna have to to push through this work a little harder or do we start to take the attitude of okay look we know times are challenging we've got to fortify and nurture ourselves and i think that you know those are two very different strategies becky but i'm going to tell you i think one leads to a successful sustainable future and i think the other just puts us in the toilet
1: Sure, I agree, and I think it's also pr- important to observe that there is no, like, one answer, and depending right. on where the current cup is for your team, like, I have to say, I observe several veterinary teams, and I can see those that are are burnt more than others, and I think there are a lot of underlying reasons why, um, and if if you're right, if it is coming from a, we have to push through versus... How are we doing pushing right, through? Right. Um, I think even if it just feels optional to push through and work those extra hard hours and know that you're appreciated is a very different scenario than just you are expected to.
0: Yeah. And I think that the two viewfinders, it, it's really how you frame and present it to your team or, or to yourself, right? I mean, there are times, I mean, gosh, you know, when when you will go to the ends of the earth to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to set out and you feel good about it the entire time you're energized enthusiastic the entire time because you know you feel like you're part of something and you're being rewarded and recognized and all those things that we talk about over and over again about good leadership and then there are other times when honestly just the regular day to day can grind you out and spit you you know on the curb so to speak because you know you just don't feel like no anybody cares right and so I love what Becky just said there's a huge difference between you you know hey, get through this, or we're going to help you get through this. And, you know, what do you need from us? Those are really different, I think, leadership perspectives. And hopefully that made a little bit of sense.
1: Yeah, and don't don't make the assumption that your team is not going to get you through it if you right, give them right. the option not to, right? And to say, right. like, do we need to pull back a little bit here? Your team might be willing to say, oh, absolutely not. We got this. We're going to do X, Y, and Z but because you talked to them, because you did the check-in. Right. But my guess is if you have that conversation, then you're already having that conversation <laughs> right. on a pretty regular basis. And so they're more willing to have that conversation with you. I think the difference is, is that if you're not and you don't, of course, it's going to be a difficult thing to do overnight. You guys, it's going to feel weird if you just show up to your team and say, so how are we doing busting our butts? You know, that's, right. that's not a thing. But at the same time too, if you start to shift the culture to just recognizing like you guys are working so hard and I know you're taking the Brunt of this. How we're how are we doing? Can we do a safe place check-in? Uh it's gonna it's gonna go really far. And again, I think that's sort of the thing. Again, using the Olympic analogy is just sort of we're putting it out there in a more public way and we're doing more of a societal check-in and saying, hey, I'm not okay, and I don't really need your approval to not be okay right now. I'm doing what I need to do. Um but in our in our profession, we we need the approval. We feel guilty when we take that time and it's not something that's going to happen overnight. So um, I'm pretty excited to see this leadership um, opportunity for our profession and to use things like like the Olympics truthfully in this yeah. scenario to start a conversation about, hey, how are how are, do we do we have the veterinary twisties?
0: <laughs> right, right. and and Becky, I think what I've always, Tried to share with the colleagues, the owners, the manager side of, the, of this equation is the fact that you can't fear asking the questions and bringing up these topics. Like, I feel like so many managers and owners that are probably listening today, they go, You know, Ernie, that sounds great and everything. But if I ask my team, Hey, what do you guys need? How are you guys feeling? You know, I'm going to be like, just, inundated with a bunch of garbage. And I just, that's just not true. That's never been my experience. I think with the people that actually ask that question, they find that their teams are committed to providing the best care for their pet patients possible, right? And what they're going to bring up are the little issues that they're encountering on a day-to-day basis, the friction, and they're going to say, hey, you know, what's really, the problem is we're double booking at this time, or the problem is we're not asking about, you know, should we be scheduling a you know, this sick pet on top of, you know, three puppy visits or whatever, right? I mean, like you're going to find that that they really get specific with the tactics that they want to employ. I, I really... Rarely will you find a team, unless it's completely already demoralized, right, Becky? I mean, will you find a team that just has will say, no, nope, you know, we 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 just wish that we could see one patient a day. I mean, you just don't get those kind of answers. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what has your experience been talking to Tex about this?
1: Yeah, well, that I guess it's exactly right in what you said. And and here's my experience. It's going to get said. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. going to get said either in your walls and to your face, or it's going to get said in a gossipy, right. cultural, shifty, resent-building way, it's going to get posted in some anonymous forum of "Here's why I can barely deal with my day-to-day." It's going to get dumped on the loved ones around us, or it's going to come out in my exit interview or my 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 resignment letter to you when I finally cannot take it anymore, and so it's going to come out one way or another. You have the opportunity to decide what you're going to hear from your teams and when, um, by giving them a space to tell you, but it's coming out one way or another and worst it's going to come out in the behavior. And I think if you think to yourself, like I, I would always ask my team, what do you need to physically complete a task? Why would I not be interested in what they emotionally and mentally need to complete a
0: task? Right. Really, really good point. So again, if you're listening today and you, you're afraid to ask these questions and have these conversations, I'm gonna just say you have full permission. You are gonna be surprised at actually how that conversation goes because it's gonna be it's gonna be solutions-oriented in almost all situations. I mean, there may be an initial sort of surge of emotions that come out, but once you kind of sift through that initial little wave, I think you're gonna find, okay, now we're actually down to the substance. And and you know, Becky, I just I I don't know, I just I am an eternal optimist. Uh, You know, I believe in the goodness of people. I think that what they really want is just to be heard in many instances. And then, of course, you do want to act on it. I mean, you can't just like say, okay, that sounds great. You know, get back to work, suck it up. You know, you gotta still (laughs) then make the change. But these changes, Becky, in my opinion, it's like you said, you know, know, Laura would always say, you know, it's something we can buy something, we can move something, we can change something, you know, it's like not hard stuff. Most of the, the real problems and solutions, you know, it's little things that just add up over the the course of the day. And a lot of it, Becky, is just scheduling strategy. Like uh, actually, you know, viewfinders, I think the thing that, that we found to be the most helpful was just to be more strategic with our schedule. And people are like, oh, you can't control that. You don't know who's going to call when. Well, you can control when you have them come into your clinic. And sometimes separating them by 30 minutes can make the entire difference in a day.
1: Sure, and again, setting up that expectation, but talking with your team and having good communication is essential to patient care. It's essential. It's essential to your long term happiness in your clinic and to keeping yourself staffed long term. Like there, right. there is absolutely nothing bad going to come from it. And I think if you're in a position where you say, "Well, we don't have those problems," um, you either <laughs> are already doing this and you're doing it really well or you're kidding yourself. And I think that's the biggest problem is is the mentality of, well, you know, we don't have that or our team, you know, they would never whatever those nevers don't always. If you're if you're answering this with any kind of extreme, you really need to open yourself up for this because what would the threat be to just be better? And so here's, right. you know, we we think about um We think about Simone Biles in the sense of of her stepping back and, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen from her doing this? We've still... There's still gold. Her team members still got time to shine. Um, And she's still competing tonight, Tuesday, uh, on the beam because she just pulled from the all-around. So... I think that there is. We don't have to see it as a as a one thousand, ten thousand foot view. We can we can take that big picture and 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 talk to our teams until we really identify what that specific issue is, and then nothing else has to be in stone from there. We can we can try a multitude of things. And I think that is an area where we get into trouble in our clinics where we see things as so black and white and that if we institute change, what if it doesn't work and X, Y, and Z and we see everything is so permanent as opposed to, well, we've got three things we're going to try and let's kind of, you know, beta them and see what works the best for us. And, And I just think we really, really avoid change in a way that we could be effectively aiding our teams.
0: Yeah, boy, I, I love that. And, you know, getting back to the uh, Novak Djokovic uh, sort of meltdown at the Olympics, I mean, Becky, you really, you're right, it's a concentrated view of what happens when mental health is not addressed or swept under the covers, right? So, I mean, it's just, it doesn't, ha- it's not me, right? It's like that clinic is, we don't have that problem, right? It's like, oh, okay. Because what happened in that situation, this is a classic example of the doctor, of the tech, of the manager who snaps, right? And then it just, it really devastates. States. And in this case, he actually left a teammate hanging in mixed doubles, you know, a young lady who was his partner who had been, you know, who'd had sacrificed to get there and done all the hard work. And then suddenly, you know, left him hanging. And that's the same thing that will happen to us, right? If we totally ignore this stuff, at some point you do break, somebody will break. And the consequences are you're really short staffed, right? You know, you lose a bunch of clients. I mean, you know, it can get really ugly. Whereas what would happen? I mean, Becky, I just don't understand why we can't talk about this more openly. And and again, in my experience, whenever we've brought these things up and really kept pushing, you know, you find that people just want to make it a little better.
1: Well, and again, I have to say they are talking about it more openly, but they're talking about it somewhere other than with you. So don't kid yourself and think they're not, um, because it's probably the only thing getting them through. It has to get off their chest in one way or another. We're human beings. And, um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing is just knowing that you can create this space or you can be affected by it. It's up to you. But your team is going to have to do what they have to do one way or another. Um, And I think that when you kind of create this atmosphere of safe place and positive sharing like it doesn't have to be good but it's it's okay that you did and and we don't even have to have a solution today right like i think that's the other thing is we are fixers so we we fear opening ourselves up to problems because then we have to fix them sometimes it's okay to just say yep this super sucks like this is just it is what it is (laughs) right now we don't have a fix for it today we're working on it we're looking at it but in the meantime let's just keep talking about it and keeping our head in the game the best that we can. And we'll keep open communication about the best that we can do. So I think it's another thing to think about, are we afraid of this conversation because we don't know how to fix it? And that's our level of comfort or discomfort with it. Or is it truly because we just don't want to hear it?
0: Yeah. And, and you know, again, I just, I love the parallel with what's going on, what happened in the Olympics in 2021. And, and so imagine, would you rather have a team member anybody on your team, doctor, manager, tech, whatever, would you rather them come up to you and say, hey, Dr. Ward or Becky, uh, you know, I'm not feeling it today. Today I'm really feeling too anxious or I just can't can't collect my thoughts. I mean, you know, I really need to take today off. Would you rather them do that or would you rather them go into your treatment area, pick up (laughs) some piece of equipment, smash it on the floor, (laughs) start screaming at people, you know, I mean right Becky I mean that's kind of literally. A dream. I'm not that's... gonna lie I can't, I
1: do kind of want to have that no, moment in no, my life no, no. but you're absolutely right you, do, you don't want that and, it, and it's what's right. gonna happen like one way or another you know um externally or internally and worse off to really slam somebody else right before their own mental breakdown so I think that right. on top of the thing is is um you got to check yourself, but you also got to look at the impact you're having on those around you if you're refusing to do so. And so if you are of the suck it up culture, um, fine, you do you, boo, but don't put it on those around you and make them feel not good enough or um, to have open conversations about how they should be more like you.
0: Well, and viewfinders, I don't want to really drop this hand grenade down, but I will just a little bit. Imagine if these little... Outburst, these little issues were reversed. What if Djokovic came onto a presser and he goes, hey guys, you know, I'm really feeling uh stress. It's been a long grind. You know, I've just finished a Grand Slam, just came out of Wimbledon, you know, French Open, all this stuff. I'm not feeling this next match. I'm going to withdraw. I'm trying to save myself because I've got a partner in mixed doubles and I don't want to let her down. What if he had said that? Or vice versa, what if Simone Biles had gone out, tried to perform, and then just threw a hissy fit, you know, Mm. threw, threw like chalk at the judge or whatever, right? I mean, can you imagine the conversation we would be having now, right? I mean, I'm telling you folks, this, there's, I mean, we, we put so much, uh, pressure, double standards, all this stuff. I mean, it's just not fair. I would much rather have the employee come to me and say, Hey, I need some help or I'm, I'm not feeling it as opposed to the outburst, you know, the physical violent outburst. I I don't know, Becky, I mean, maybe that's just me, but wow. I mean, I, I I can't believe that this happened at the Olympics and we can talk about it with our veterinary colleagues.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, and I do, I, I, I love that we can do that. Um, I love when we have an external example to sort of point (laughs) to, to like gently and politely um, say like, okay, um, that looks a lot like stuff we see, you know, and without having to really make it um, about our teams. And so even if you guys don't know where to start the conversation? Maybe just ask, like, "How do you guys feel about this wholesome home biles thing?" Right. Let's just throw that out there, and you can test the waters to see possibly um, where your team's temperature is on sucking it up or self care.
0: Yeah, and I, and I know that a few finders, many of you are listening today, to go, "Wait, wait, it's so different. That's like sports versus work." I don't know, is it? I mean, mental health is mental health. I mean, we're in a high-pressure situation, emotionally charged environment. I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Uh, and and honestly, you know, I, I if there's a silver lining of all of this, I think it's the fact that Simone Biles, uh, Naomi Osaka have really raised the bar on what we should be talking about. And, and I really appreciate that. That took a lot of courage, in my opinion, for them to do it. Because again, you know, in the vet world, Becky, you know, Sometimes the people that come out and talk about this stuff are viewed, you know, as weak or whatever. I mean, I again, I just saw a popular meme that sort of celebrated, oh, I've got a terrible headache because, oh, I haven't had anything to drink, you know, uh, haven't had any water and, and haven't eaten and taken care of myself. That's not something to celebrate, guys. You can't sustain a life like that. So I think we want to be really, really cautious with the, are we, you know, somehow minimizing people that do dare to speak about their truth uh, in vet medicine, you you know, or are we just waiting for them to start smashing rackets in the exam room
1: yeah yeah well I, 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 I yeah let's hope <laughs> I don't want that I I I'm stuttering because I'm so like visually <laughs> thinking about how good that would feel but also how terrible that would be <laughs> but I mean but that's it you're exactly right and and we really just need to take a collective step back a collective breath and 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 do see where we relate in this scenario and and in this analogy, because when, when you and I were talking about it before the show, it was like, yeah, absolutely right. If, if we're stepping back and celebrating, I haven't gone to the bathroom, I didn't eat lunch, um, we're encouraging our managers to maintain that level of demand for us, right? We're not letting anyone know that we're not okay and that that's not okay. Right. And I think we're also... Um, going to continue, you know, I explained it to you almost like a riptide. We've got this generation that's pulling back from that and this other generation that's pushing forward with it and it's causing a lot of turbulence. And so, I really do hope the voices continue to get louder that don't agree with that as being celebrated because we really do need to be heard over that rhetoric that's been around for so
0: long. Yeah. And and then finally, Viewfinders, as we leave uh, you today, I mean, you know, there's there's also this weird sort of uh, backlash against people in our profession that do step away that they say, hey, I can't compete tonight or whatever, right, in the Olympic uh, metaphor. But, uh, you know, and then we say, oh, they're weak. Oh, they weren't cut out for it. Oh, whatever, without really kind of exploring, wow, you know, what did we do to help you? know, How could we have made this better? You know, are we literally creating a profession that just does, well, we we are, just does nothing but burn out people in about five or six years, you know? I mean, yeah. we, we got to do better. I mean, it's, just, it's heartbreaking on so many levels. So, I mean, Viewfinders, again, we know that there's there's a lot of differences between what Olympic athletes may go through and what we go through in veterinary practice. But we do think there's enough commonalities that it bears discussing. And I love what Becky said, that if you're kind of you know, questioning how do I bring this up with my team? This might be a great launching point,
1: yeah. absolutely. And you know, if you guys are already doing this great, and if you have a culture where you're like, We we do something really cool to make sure we don't tolerate that mentality, I want to hear about it. We want to share it because it, it really is the noise we want to hear in the background. So, you can send it over on Facebook if you want me to see it on Instagram, <laughs> Dr. and you'll see it, but on either place, you can find us at Veterinary Viewfinder. On Twitter at VetViewFinder. And wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, we are asking you guys to give us a gold medal by giving us five stars (laughs) and a few kind words. Helps our other um, veterinary Olympians find great content like this.
0: And you guys, Becky is getting on one of those big tin cans that flies in the sky this week. So be thinking about her safe travels oh, yeah. to you, Becky. Thank be you. safe, wear your mask. You know, be smart. Uh, we're no about smashing you.
1: rackets. No
0: smashing rackets on the airplane, <laughs> please. <laughs> <laughs> that would put probably a that would delay the next podcast for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know we haven't done a podcast from prison, so hey. No,
1: hey, you. I'm I, I'm here for you, people. What What is it? You, what do you want to hear? That's right.
0: Until next week. Bye. Bye. Can you That's another...